you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks from Move the Sticks. Bucky, for those that haven't listened to our show, tell them what it's about. Two former NFL scouts with about 20 years of experience looking at the game from a different perspective, really digging into the personnel evaluations and also some of the team matchups. Also going to be focusing on the draft as it gets closer. And you can check out our show on NFL.com slash podcast. You can find it on iTunes as well as YouTube on the NFL channel. Just pump in, move the sticks. The Around the NFL podcast won a Stitcher Award, I think. Where the hell is that thing? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Colleen Wolf, Whoa. Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys and girl? Hey, Dan. It's weird when you say, and girl, and then Wes immediately responds, hey, Dan. <laughs> yeah, what are you, a girl, Wes? Nailed it. I don't know. Ooh. You don't know. You don't know. Let's talk about it. Let's dive You're not in. sure? I'm fine. <laughs> Whatever you I'm are. I'm thrown off by this whole, I don't know. Whatever you are, we love you, Wes. Why did it go there? I don't know. Colleen is a girl. A woman, I, I, actually. What's yeah. up? Hey, how's it going? Um, How are you? Old, are you under the I'm weather? I'm okay. I'm not Worried great. about you. Got not the Las Vegas great. flu. Oh. You know. He, it, I think I got sick in Vegas. Was it because basically. of Spice Rack? Spice Rack, Yeah. First of all, Spice Rack, Chris Wessling's Desert Consigliere, <laughs> was an incredible host. Uh, really? Yes. He we got to know Spicy a little bit, and uh, he took care of all the uh, the drink tab at his uh, casino slash uh, lounge bar pool club area. That sounds like a wonderful spot. Which is basically like winning. Um, you know, three hundred dollars at the blackjack table. I mean, that's it's because it's ridiculous, Vegas. Spicy's uh, generous. Yeah. So, how tall would you th- say the spice rack is? <clears throat> Spicy is, uh, I would say six five, maybe six six. He's a tall. Tall man. drink of water. Yeah. Um, but very nice man. But you know, I'm aging, getting older, and you know, staying out very late Friday night and then not sleeping Saturday and then staying spicy Saturday rolled around and oh. it was hardcore because we went to the pool uh, at at this place. I don't know if I should say the casino. So I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it on purpose uh, where Russell Wilson and Ciara were, were sighted uh, at a bungalow next to us, which was interesting. Whoa. Yeah. You, were you were in a bungalow too? No, I wasn't. I was, we were at the bar area, but it was right next to us. Um, was he Instagramming the whole time? He, you know, he looked uncomfortable. Yeah. He looked uncomfortable. He's not a comfortable guy. Like, he seems uncomfortable in his skin. Yeah. Russell Wilson. But Wait, you're, you're saying a guy who sent out an Instagram video right after he asked you know, his <laughs> wife to marry him uh, and then ended that with, yeah, is awkward? <laughs> nah. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit awkward. Marry me, yeah. 
but then Ciara performed some songs. It was just like very surreal. And I, you know, what and, a then, weekend. and then we went back to Spicy's Hut and uh, had some more free drinks uh, and finally found. And this was the best part of the night because um, the, the whole thing now with the kids today in Vegas, it's all about <laughs> oh the EDM. It's all about the EDM, and it's like the kids today in Vegas. Well, what was it like when you went? What? What was it like when you hip hop? There was more hip hop. There was club music, but then there was a nice mix. And finally, Saturday night, I said to Spicy, Spicy, is anywhere that plays kind of like hip hop music in a in a bar or club? And he took me to an underground bar within the grounds of his hotel. Wow, that was a hip hop bar. So many layers. But this sta- this stage, Greg, is over for me in Vegas. I don't know. Yeah, you're you're yeah. getting up there. Yeah, it's time to pivot. It. If if there is a future for the old Zeuser in Vegas, it won't be uh, <laughs> the way this weekend went. But the spice rack delivered in a big way to, and uh, just like it salvaged your weekend was. Not that I I needed the weekend salvage, but it was the high point. Spicy Saturday. I'm noticing a trend too. You know, as you're getting old, getting up there in years, uh, Dan. <sighs> Younger you, than you, by the way. You came. You came back. That's true. Uh, by a year, uh, you came back from um, the Dominican Republic. Got sick after that. Came back from Vegas. You know, mm. the old party lifestyle. It's tough. Mm. I was sick before Dominican, but it's it, exactly. beside the point. Uh, yeah, I think I got sick from being old in Vegas. <laughs> Well, I hope you're feeling better soon. Thank you, Colleen. Yeah. Uh, today's pod- podcast, see, can't even talk. <laughs> it's over. Today's podcast, solid one. I'm going to give it a pregrade of B. Wow. First ever pregrade. Pregrade oh of goodness. B. goodness. All right. Uh, ground here. A lot of news to get to. Um, the NFL annual meeting is wrapped up. Mark Sessler, uh, Colleen, of course, is sitting in the sizz- Sizzler chair today. Uh, he is a uh, and at an airport right now, getting ready to fly back to California. I'm sure he's not thrilled about it because he's been loving life in Boca Raton. I, I could see that. It's very obvious. He's been cranking out articles, talking to coaches and GMs, making friends, hitting up the mini bar, uh, getting some time by himself. That's the Sizzler lifestyle, and it's all about to end. It's going to come to a crashing thud in, oh, seven hours or so. <laughs> well, hopefully we can get him on the show. We're not sure because he's going through security now. He's... You know, he's waiting in line, so we'll Why, is see. He, is he like a security risk where they're going to pull him aside? And I would think he'll have time to get through security, find a quiet place, uh, and we can call him maybe at the end of the show. But okay. you, you never know with these things. I hope so. He'll be in high spirits. He will be. He's going to be flying. Uh, so we'll talk about what's going on in the news. Uh, we will also, uh, because there are some new rule changes that are now officially going to affect in the 2016 season, some of them seem solid. Some seem like maybe they are problematic. Uh, but the crew here, the four of us, have our own uh, rule changes that if we had the power, it would go straight through legislation and become rules in 2016. So we'll share what our rule changes would be. Unfortunately, no one listens to us. One day. Well, our listeners listen to us. They count. They count, but they can't make a difference when it comes to changing. Well, I, you know, that that can be true. But with a little momentum and a little um, time, you never know. I mean, the upright field goal movement was something Adam Carolla really spearheaded. But I consider myself as someone who is a champion for that for years uh, and eventually they extended the goalpost. And there's so always... maybe we could do it. Wait a second. Are you sneaky tying yourself to that rule change? <laughs> yeah. You I think you made a, a difference? I don't think I – no. I don't really think I made a difference. Oh, no, but it was something it. I championed I championed for years before that. Say on Twitter, uh, I, I, you know, I talked to the people. You know, I even asked a question about it. Once We're happy for conference. you. It's good. It was big. And we were – all right, so good. We're gonna maybe that that will a similar thing will go down with at least one of these rule changes that we have. I hope so. Or change.org. There's always that too. Ah uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm always signing petitions. How come nothing ever comes of that? <laughs> I know. Uh, let's check behind the glass with the Irishman. How you doing, Brandon? Uh, it sounds like better than you. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I'm fighting through it. I'm fine. I have to say though, would you have liked to go to a club that was playing some eight o'clock delight more so than that uh, other <laughs> other music? Well, let's hear it. Kind of sounds like Wes's teenage years at the disco. <laughs> I think you're in your sunglasses. By the, t- by the time I was drinking age, less roller think skating. The disco movement had a slight comeback in the early to mid '90s. 
What, with like Delight and artists It was like, like Have a Nice Day Cafe and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what? There was a bar. I think it was called Have a Nice Day Cafe where it was like a disco motif in the 90s. Ace of Bass. I hated Ace of Bass. Love Kind of disco-y. Oh, my God. They had, if yeah, I, if they I never time. hear the Apparently again, uh, had secret... Uh, neo-Nazi leanings. That's was been that all that she wants for their baby? That came out literally. Oh, what a terrible song. That kind of sounds like one of those 90s rumors. <laughs> no, it, it was very recent. Uh, really? It, I, I read a story on it that supposedly uh, they were a Nazi band. Oh, we'll have to read mm. into that. Maybe that'll be Shocking. a item for tomor- uh, tomorrow's podcast. podcast. Uh, let's start with the news. <laughs> yeah, that's down the road. Um, the fascist podcast coming up. Uh, Sean Payton. Let's start with him. Not a fascist. I don't think so. He has agreed to a five-year contract with the Sa- with the Saints. Peyton um, himself announced that he'd agreed to that five-year extension, which will take him through the 2020 season. He has not yet signed the deal, uh, but uh, he has been the coach in New Orleans since 2006. Currently the third longest tenured NFL coach. Saints are 87-57 and in Peyton's time there. A Super Bowl, of course. Uh, which Greg remembers fondly. However, seven years ago now. However, Mr. Rosenthal, this has been a mediocre to poor team for several years now, and now you give them five years. Why? I feel like um, they are doing things the wrong way. That they uh, go back to back seven and nine seasons, and they are doubling down on Sean Payton and Drew Brees, and doubling down on money. And I'm not really sure why. What is the leverage that Sean Payton had here? He made it sound like the entire season, or at least sources close to Sean Payton made it sound like the whole season. He's going to take the best, you know, he's going to take another job. He's going to end up going to San Diego or he's going to go somewhere else, Indianapolis. Hey, guess what? No one else in the NFL particularly wanted him. His contract wasn't even running out this year. He had another year left, uh, I think through 2017, and suddenly he gets a five-year extension. He's hustling. His agent's doing a good job, but I don't get it. The other part of this, too, is that they said um, that he was carrying around the extension in his briefcase, and mm. he's ready to sign it. <laughs> One, Very important he papers. has a briefcase. And two, with the briefcase. he's just carrying it around, telling people that he has it on him, but he hasn't signed it yet. So he's just like, oh, here it is, right here in my old briefcase. Doesn't that always end Weird? poorly, though, when you have a, a contract, whether it's like a TV show or a movie? It's like, I'm going to sign this contract. It's just a matter of time before I sign it. And then something terrible happens and you never sign the contract. Foreboding. Isn't this just an example of there's there's a leadership vacuum with this organization? So they're just going to keep pushing things along? I mean, who's there to make decisions on Sean Payton's future? Well, Sean Payton's basically running the team, isn't he? It seems that way. It seems like the two of them, him and Breeze, have so much power together and apart. They Breeze wouldn't. gets people traded. Well, the ownership situation. He would never say that, though. Oh, Jimmy Graham, I could have never said that. Kenny Stills is my best friend. What? My word. How could they be leaving the organization? I wish you weren't a liar. Oh, I got the vapors. (laughs) You mean you've got got Mickey Mickey Loomis, who's essentially on on the – on one side of the business side, really, and he's helping to run the Hornets. You've got a Pelican ownership. Yeah, that's right. The, the Pelicans. Pelos. And you've got the Tom Benson situation, which is, you know, they're battling. That's you know, Southern Noir. Legal battles against members of their own family that are trying to wrest the company away. You've got his wife, uh, who I would guess is, you know, very active in terms of making these decisions at this point, uh, who doesn't have a lot of experience with it. And you're right. And I think. It's kind of like it's like Tom Coughlin had, was doing better relatively in New York than Sean Payton's been doing in New Orleans recently. This is a talent poor and, and has won a and has won a Super Bowl more recently. Who outside of Drew Brees and Cam Jordan would you consider a, a, like an above average starter on this roster? I no, that's a great question. That's hard. Yeah, it's a talent poor roster. Right. I actually think he does a good job. He's a good coach. I think he's coming into part of his career where he reminds me a little bit of Mike Shanahan, where he's a great play caller. He maximizes the offensive talent that he has, but he has too much power in that he's running a whole organization. And here's the thing, too, with the Saints is that, you know, when I, I wrote those pain rings last year, if they never would have won that Super Bowl, they would have been on the pain, rank, pain rings. This was a famously uh, poor organization when it came to success. So the fact that they won that title – 
I mean, it's organization to organization. Things are di- different with the Giants. They had had multiple titles in their past. But when the Saints won a title, maybe he has something close in NFL terms to a lifetime pass with that franchise because that title meant that much to the organization. It's the same ownership. Plus, the defense was one of the biggest issues for them last year. So, I mean, part of that, yes, is on him, but they also need to turn that around. I think a lot. I think it's on him more than anyone because he's been running that team for 10 years and they've never been able to solve that. We've talked about this before. They did have a a prolonged period of success. I mean, so you do have to give it that they're dropping 13 wins, 11 wins, 13 wins. But three out of four years, they've won seven games. So they actually have as many seven and nine seasons, Wes, uh, since 2012 as the St. Louis Rams. Wow. Right, but they're not trying to go seven on purpose. That's right. Well, the St. Louis (laughs) Rams, yeah, were the ones that got the seven and nine. (laughs) L.A. Rams are going to be going to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Saints' goal is 7-9 and nine, like the Rams' goal. Uh, we'll get back to the Rams in a second. However, let's first talk about what's going on in KC. Some bad news surrounding Justin Houston, their uh, gifted pass rusher. Had surgery on his knee in February uh, to repair his ACL, and uh, their team's chief trainer, uh, Rick Buckholder, said that it was not a torn ACL, so it's not your customary, uh, you know, torn ACL, big-time surgery, but it is significant in the sense that it should uh, sideline Houston 6 to 12 months, and if you do the math on 6 to 12 months, that means on the um, best-case scenario, he could be back by the start of the season but could miss a couple weeks. Worst-case scenario, he could miss the whole year. This is a new category of injury for me as far as following the NFL because you can have your ACL torn, you can have your ACL frayed. In this case, you have your ACL just simply not functioning, Ugh. is what they're saying. Doesn't sound good. I, you want it to function. No, I, they're, not, it's not, they're not saying it's torn or frayed. It's just not functioning. And it was Dr. worse. I know. Yeah. Dr. James Andrews. I feel like he. I'm not. He, I'm not familiar with him. <laughs> I've never heard of him before. Yeah. This guy must be new on the scene. No, but this was, I guess, one of the reasons why they kind of rushed to resign Tamba Ali because just as like an insurance policy, because he had his own knee issues too last year, and he's sort of winding down, but. That would be a huge blow for them. It, it it made such a difference when he was not in the lineup for them, and I thought they've had a really nice offseason keeping their def- defense intact for relatively little money, and now you lose the best player by far on your defense and really the best player on your team because Jamal Charles hasn't been healthy. And, it, and I think it is more worrisome almost than a torn ACL because it's unknown. I mean, if you listen to the ESPN reports on it, I think there's serious questions of that he could miss a good chunk of the season that he or or the whole thing even who knows I, I think he's been the best edge rusher in the NFL for the past 3 or 4 years mm-hmm. I mean unbalanced yeah he's been better than Von Miller and he gets paid like it too I mean he other than JJ Watt I believe he's basically the second highest paid defensive player in football so again you know we don't talk about Justin Houston a ton but it's a brutal You're not blow, allowed. blow for this team you're not but allowed. why are we talking about <laughs> it? I got a memo that you can – if you want to talk about franchise tags, you can only mention Des Bryant. It's all you can show on TV. You can't write <laughs> about Justin Houston. It always has to be Des every time. Wes working out demons from a year ago's news cycle. Yeah. I forgot about Justin that. Justin Houston doesn't even reminder. exist. It's got to do But if Des sneezes or yells at somebody in the locker room, lead story. You know, you're jinxing it because I think – I haven't heard about Des in a few months, and if we say his name, it oh, might he'll be pop up he'll be leading the newscast soon. Um, newscast, like ooh, newscast, very official. <laughs> uh, big news, big news, guys! Hard Knocks season eleven. We know the team, and uh, if there would be um, a favorite, if there was a way to handicap such things, the Rams would have been up there uh, because of the Los Angeles move. And guess what? It is the Los Angeles Rams. They will be the Hard Knocks team. Uh, the series uh, will um, air beginning August 9th. Um, the L.A. Times had the first report on this. And, um, Greg, you wrote a uh, Things That You're Excited About piece on the NFL.com site. Uh, so why don't you get into it a little bit? What are you excited about about the upcoming season of Hard Knocks? Well, first of all, you know, it's people on Twitter wondering why am I stepping in on your territory? Well, you know, Dan was out that. sick, and we knew this news was coming. The timing, what the, painful timing in the morning. And uh, hey, someone's got to step up to the plate. I can't fill Dan's shoes, no, but I've been did. a I've been a Hard Knocks fan uh, since it started. I love this show, and I think this will be great because. Look, their training camp's going to be in Irvine down in Orange County, but they do a lot of, especially that first episode, 
of the summer before training camp even starts. And I just think a team moving cities is something we've certainly never seen on Hard Knocks and adds a totally different element. They're very good at capturing the family aspect and that NFL life is a transitory, uh, transitional existence and what could be more like that than the entire organization has to get up, move over to the West Coast? So I just think that'll add uh, add some uh, interesting scenes to the year. Uh, I'm actually happy that you got to write it, Greg, because you are – I love the show, and everybody knows that because I talk about it all the time, but you are a huge fan, as you said. So, I mean, the one thing I will say, if you want to say a criticism about Hard Knocks, is that it's been around long enough now where there's a formula to it, and there's – different beats that it seems every season kind of hits. So that's why, yeah, adding something new has to send it down a different road. So it'll be interesting seeing how they cover that move and the transition and the inevitable Snoop Dogg uh, sighting. Oh, yeah. show up in this at some point. <laughs> I really hope we get to see the moving trucks and things like that because I feel like whenever I think about teams moving, it's like under the cover of darkness. I see the big Mayflower truck with the Colts when they left. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I just think that with the Rams, the thing that I like about it the most is – I don't have really high expectations for this. I'm not really mm. expecting a lot. And I think that that's what's going to make it really good because I, without mm. fail, every year, Hard Knocks makes training camp exciting. And training camp, for everybody who's attended or covered it, it's like the worst. Well, why wouldn't you have high expectations? Hard Knocks is always delivers. No, that's what, that's what I mean. But you think about the Texans I wasn't excited see. for either, and it was a good one, yeah. Exactly. And you're like, oh, wow, look at this. Bill O'Brien, he has such a personality. He's cursing all over the place, and it's great. Yeah. But, I think that the Rams, it's going to get me excited about the Rams. They're not and even, I need something to be excited about the Rams. Not even just St. Louis to L.A. They're, they're going to have mini camps and, and off-season practices in Oxnard, north of Los Angeles, where the Cowboys work out. Then training camps south of Los Angeles in UC Irvine. Oh, wow. And then during the season in Thousand Oaks. Those, those are the plans. It's not set in stone, but they're going to be moving all over the place. Wow. And that's one of the things that surprised me the most about L.A. when I moved here, because it's so it's huge. It's sprawling. Yes. Not, you can't it's not walkable. Nothing is close. And there's so much traffic. So that's even be interesting to see the logistics of it all. What's going on over there? Well, well we're getting no. updates. They're laughing. They're Mark, writing notes back and forth. No, you guys it's are very pros. distracting. Over on this side, uh, <laughs> there was some production elements, Wes, going on. We were trying to figure out when Mark was available. He's got to be available after but Greg, Hard Knocks. <laughs> you, know. But you know Greg has the Charlie scratch when he writes. Oh, yeah. So he wrote on my paper, tell me if you would understand what this meant. Next to uh, on our notes, like when we would talk to Mark, do it now after. I said do it now after <laughs> no, wait, And then I looked at you like, wait. I thought you I, you were writing do it now, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then you wrote after. Well, so then I was like, wait, do you want me to circle one? Am I choosing? Well, so then you wrote hard knocks. Yeah. And then I was able to piece it the together. The boss not being very clear setting you up, maybe. Surprised oh. you didn't go with the symbols, just like a Nike sign. <laughs> <laughs> An ad symbol. Uh, there was a shadowy league fig- figure that uh, came up to me downstairs. This is going back to hard knocks. Okay. Um. That said, oh, this is going to be a bad season. Who cares? What stars do they have? And then what I said to him was, what? This Uh-oh. is the thing. That, this is kind of like uh, a common, common refrain. Is he a shadowy league figure? Yeah, why not? All right. Um, this is a common refrain that if there isn't like all these big stars, will be a bad season. The whole thing with Hard Knocks is it's all about the personalities. And the, what makes a season is, first of all, you do need a coach that's charismatic, but you can never assume wh- whether one is is or not, uh, Bill O'Brien being a perfect example. I think Fish will be interesting. I think he will as well. Uh, and also it comes down to the guys like um, uh, Chris Polk last year, those type of guys. Charles, Charles James. James. Tyler Starr, uh, uh, oh, the yeah. Falcon season. Guys that you would never even think of or even know who they were, and they may make the show. So don't get too caught up. Greg Williams they don't will have be a good too. Greg, I'm interested yes. to see how heavily featured Greg Williams is mm. because he's definitely the, the biggest personality Ooh, I, I like can that. think of. And he gets that defense playing in a certain way, but this is only four years removed from the NFL suspending him for an entire season for his methods of aggressive coaching. This is NFL Films taping. Normally, I think they would love Greg Williams eat it up, and I think they will ultimately, but that's a good, that's a good watch. Oh, really excited. Can't wait. Case Keenum, too. I mean, Case Keenum is well, going to be a superstar. Bow, bow. It's always good Maybe. to have a, a star quarterback whenever they're intriguing human beings. However, whenever there's a coaching staff, and we see this on Hard Knocks a lot, trying to talk itself into two crappy quarterbacks. Oh, no. You saw it last summer, Wes. It's always fun. That'll be like that'll be the title of one of the Hard Knocks episodes, making a case for case. 
lot of uh, nice. I like, like it. A lot of less. Need hair uh, shots. Maybe get behind the scenes there. Less is more. I didn't. I didn't mention it in the. Oh my god, you guys! (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) Just workshop headlines for the hard knocks recaps (laughs) for the rest of today's show. I didn't mention it in the post, um, but you know, maybe maybe the first couple of um, of hard knocks this year will be less need and former NFL Network anchor Kara Henderson Sneed. I mean, one of the hosts of Total Access for years. Yes, is married to uh, the general manager. That that seems like fun. Let's get her on the show. Let's <laughs> yeah, check. Yeah, can't in. wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I think you're more excited about that. Really oversold that one. <laughs> Same. All right, now it's time to do it now after hard knocks. <laughs> That's a segment we're calling. Uh, and to do that, we got to speak with Mark Sessler, who is uh, at an airport. Which airport is it, Mark? I'm at the uh, Miami airport, and I've just been uh, physically uh, moved out of the way two seconds ago by two U.S. Customs agents. So uh, this needs to be rather brief, but uh, this is the closest airport I've ever seen to LAX in terms of chaos. Uh, Why? You just texted, hey, can we do it now? So I thought we'd call you up right now. Let's do it. What is the scene, uh, just, you know, since you're on the scene, uh, those terrorist attacks of uh, uh, yesterday, is it increased security at the airport? I don't have a full read on that. I'm just through security. Um, people, they're just lounging and reading books. I see a guy eating an apple, so I don't think Pretty there's uh, a lot of paranoia happening. You said uh, it was the worst cab ride ever on the way there. Uh, it's going to be when the NFL finds out how much it costs, too. It's about $160. So. Whoa! Wow. Good luck getting <laughs> well, that reimbursed. Oh, it's going to get reimbursed. Let's not have any questions about that. All right, so the last time we talked to you, Mark, uh, it was before anything had really happened at the annual meeting, but now everything has happened. Everything, it's a different NFL than it was when we woke up two days ago. So let's get into some changes, uh, that, and we'll start with some rules. First up, touchbacks now. Um, you put one in the end zone. Uh, 25-yard line, not the 20-yard line. And what were, what's, what are you hearing about this, Mark? What was the buzz in and around the facility? Because it was uh, somewhat controversial uh, when it was announced. Well, I think it, the, the only thing that I kept hearing, and I know that this is a rule that has Greg very fired up based on <laughs> what I was uh, listening Greg chat about earlier, but they, it seems as if some people feel like it would promote safety or not promote safety. That was some of the scuttle, but I, it's, I don't think it was a, a, a rule that like brought the house down from where I was. It, it didn't get a lot of discussion, but I think it's kind of a game changer. And some of the, the one thing about this week's rules in general, they advertise them as nothing really big happened, but some of the, some of the, the proposals that went through I think are quite interesting, especially the double ejection or the ejection one for two personal fouls. That, I know Ian said that, that was a week ago that that was going to pass, and so that, that was the foundation of that. But it seemed, honestly... There was people saying that that would be issues to get that through. The people didn't agree with that, and that's a big change. I think that's an interesting, uh, interesting rule change. I think it's interesting, but I don't know how many times a year that'll happen. No, it's, and it's not. There was no, there was no call times. for it. There was no need for it. Well, they they basically are. They're always just reacting to a big story, and they're right. reacting to the Odell Beckham one. Whereas the touchbacks, you know, that's happening, whatever, more than five times every game. Well, more than that. And it it seems curious to me because and there's been articles about this already. Already, you know, kickers have gotten so good now. We're just going to see, uh, I think, a lot of pop up kicks that they try to, you know, jam it so it lands, you know, between the the goal line and the five yard that line. That sounds really hard, by the way. The it, assumption that they'll be able to it does, but some teams already do. Kicks. Some teams already do that. A deep not kick. on a regular basis. Not on a regular basis, but I think they'll do it more now. Look. Punters are really good at what they do, and they can't even put it between the ten yard on the ten yard line and the goal line on a consistent basis. I I just think it's it's I have a feeling it only lasts one year. It's for t- it's a temporary reason, and the the committee uh, they are doing it expressly for player safety. They are doing it to reduce kickoffs. I never really understood why they just keep trying to reduce kickoffs over and over. If they hate it so much, just kill it. Well, I, then you eliminate onside kicks, you, and that changes the outcome of exciting. Close games. That's and fair. you are also, uh, Greg, not as much as a traditionalist, it seems, when it comes to sports in general, where you're – which isn't a shot. But, like, to me, I, if you take out all that stuff, I would feel 
like it wasn't the same game anymore. I agree. Yeah. So I want I I'd rather them search for ways to try to keep the kickoffs involved rather than get rid of it. I think this will have a big impact. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think there's going to be a lot of those high pooch kick type of things and and cuz special teams coaches get fired based on the average starting position the other teams have in terms of field position. So they're going to try to do everything they can to get them inside the 25. The PAT rule is now uh, in the books for good. That came out of the meetings, uh, so obviously they like that. The automatic ejection rule passed. Uh, if you get two unsportsmanlike conduct fouls in one game, you're out of the game automatically. Uh, over, under, how many times that comes into play this season, I will set it at one and a half. Yeah, not going to happen. I'll, I'll go over, but only because I think it will be about – Two or three. Okay. We'll go over. Um, there's also now penalty flags if you attempt to call timeout when you don't have one. Out comes a flag. I like that one. you got to pay attention. you got to keep track of these things. It's weird that that one. We, it, it was bizarre that it wasn't a penalty before. Why, you know, yeah. coaches started just doing this. It feels like an Andy Reid type thing. Just like keep calling <laughs> for timeouts and you don't have them anymore. Mark, give me an in-depth breakdown of the IR boomerang adjustment. <laughs> I, this one is I actually interesting most rule. interesting, especially for you guys. Okay, Mark, give me an in-depth, nuanced, uh, clear-eyed take on it. Well, now it means, I mean, essentially that you can scan your whole roster of players that are on IR and kind of retroactively assign the boomerang to someone when they're, you know that they're going to be ready in time versus you know, having to do it in August, and you're, you're just sort of hoping that their recovery hits on schedule and that's not always the case. So I think it's, I think it's a it's just one of these rules. that's sensible. Um, IR return made sense to begin with, and they're kind of tweaking it to make it more flexible and give teams a little bit more of a, you know, a purview on what they want to do with those players. A lot of buzz about the, the term IR boomerang in Boca. Yeah. That catch it it all? I like how Very Mark said buzz. assign I mean, I, the boomerang. There was almost essentially outside of me, I think, including it in one tweet, zero buzz. <laughs> Never give up, buddy, because well, the Geno Coaster, nobody thought that would catch on either. Colleen, you, uh, I don't know how you thought this was fascinating. Let's hear why. So I, I lit up about this one. You really Pause. did. Listen, though, coaches don't have to be forthright about the seriousness of the injuries. So for you guys, when you're writing all of these posts, there's going to be a lot of things that are vague, and you don't know if guys are going to be out for the season or not because coaches won't necessarily have to say that. They can mask things now. Mm. So you, that, you're excited about that? No, I think oh. it adds a lot of oh, questions. Oh, I see. Gotcha. When, when Actually, you're wondering Colleen how – echoing... She's saying exactly, and, she, and I think she's right. Patra was the first to grumble about this. <laughs> Shocking. Patra grumbles like about everything. Gonna, but. Right, but he was right on this. He said, this is going to make our jobs annoying. It's going to be a mess. Right, <laughs> and it's not very clear on what these IR players will be, what the deal is with them. So. That is such a Patra. I can see it in Slack now. I missed the message, but he's like, this is, this is bull****. This sucks. <laughs> well, I don't understand why they make this. They're just going to make it harder for us. It's on his whiteboard now. His voice got Pat. deeper, too. He's got a very deep masculine voice. Uh, no more chop blocks. Uh, everything okay at the airport, Mark? Uh, yeah, there's various sounds that I'm sure are annoying to the listener, but yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, Mark, before you go, uh, you were at the coach's breakfast, and we can, we can also talk a little about the coaching, coaching breakfast, but uh, uh, Jim uh, John Harbaugh, told reporters that Trent Richardson, and this is one of my favorite subplots of the summer coming up, unofficially is back. This is the longest courtship for a scrub running back in the history of the National Football League. Yeah, well, I think you should be a little concerned, Dan, because outside of the fact that it was the subtext was he's not in shape and we need to get him in shape, Yeah, uh, you know, that's a total wild card. Man, they sound committed to this guy. He's going to get at least one carry, one snap, and then you're going to owe me two sandwiches. And it's the Baltimore Ravens of all teams that helps me win this long-lasting wager. You're going down. <laughs> it certainly would be ironic if the Ravens helped you out. But I don't know. It just seems like they almost have like a uh, comically large prop carrot that they're dangling just to keep him uh, fit through the spring and into the summer to maybe get to training camp. Uh, maybe maybe sign a contract and then maybe make it past a couple of rounds of cuts. I, I still feel good is what I'm Here's saying. Here's why Dan should be a little concerned. The Ravens have a history, because of their general manager, of helping Alabama players back into the league. Oh. Rolando McClain 
they took a flyer on him twice because Ozzie Newsom has that Alabama connection. And John Harbaugh also said, hopefully no one will come in and swoop him away from us. Oh, yeah. So sure. I hope can, I, can I offer a right counter there. also? Sure. Um, uh, you know, uh, they like to help out Alabama players who can play football. <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> I'm okay. You know, no offense, T. Rich, former first-round pick. All right, Mark, anything else? Development, please. How, who, are, who is your favorite people at the two coaches' breakfast? If people aren't, if people aren't familiar, that's a whole hour's worth of, uh, of you know, time you have with any coach you want. Back-to-back days, you have the AFC one day, the NFC the next. I felt like what happened both days was that the people that you think that you'd want to sit down next to and would be the most interesting were – because Arians was an absolute star this morning. He showed up 20 minutes early. A lot of these coaches, you know, they're hungover. They don't want to even do this thing. They roll in, you know, with their PR person pulling them by the neck. But Arians rolled in 20 minutes early, sat right down with a huge plate of food, and just started talking to people at the table. And I luckily was – I had picked him first. He was great, very informative. Um, I thought Mike Tomlin was fascinating from the AFC side. You know, he's not always – I don't think loved these breakfasts, but – he seemed to really be into it this time, and he was just shooting from the hip. And so, you know, it, it was it was excellent access. After a week that is really tough for access, it's really you feel like you're bothering these guys to ask them the one question while they're on vacation with their wife and kids. It just it's an awful feeling. Um, as <laughs> I a love reporter, Mark's hung up on that. <laughs> what you bring up the wife and kids aspect more than any journo in the biz. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's it's definitely you feel intrusive, and I it's not a great feeling. It's but, part of their uh, job, the though. Are great. Um, what another question, or maybe uh, if anybody else has one, shoot. But I, were you by any chance was it one of the, your recorders that Bill Belichick pushed away like a ooh. thug uh, during his no. breakfast availability? Ah. No, I uh, I didn't get close to Belichick. I think with the, I I was sort of watching from afar, um, and it was actually I think one of the larger. Someone tried to stick one of those big television uh, microphones. It wasn't bad. One. No, it wasn't right in his face. Come on. Well, Greg, no, how I mean, do you answer I'm, to that, Greg? I'm not, I, I don't even know uh, what you're talking about. Oh. I, think he, I think he was annoyed oh, by the fact that he was just swarmed by human beings. He didn't want to be there, and he, I thought it was funny what he did. Mark, you did, know, you, class act. did yeah. you eat breakfast? I know you're not big on food. Oh, man, you can't eat. I, they call it a breakfast, but all you do is you grab you know, a scrap of food after you've done your work. You can't eat it. Anyone, maybe a beat writer who wants to sit with the same coach for an hour can sit down with like a big plate of eggs and – uh, whatever else they're serving. But if you're going from table to table. The last thing that you want to do strategically is sit down and start like plowing through like a 40-minute breakfast. I mean, otherwise, <laughs> why send that person there? Well, Mark also doesn't like food, so that's a right. factor. That's accurate. Mark, was it your idea to do the post on uh, 10 different head coaches? You asked what they would be doing if they weren't football coaches. I thought that was a very interesting read. Well, thank you. I just came up with it kind of on the way because I – with the NSC breakfast so late in the week, there just wasn't a lot of hot take breaking news to come. It didn't seem like. And so it was an easy way to kind of ask one question of even some of the less interesting coaches and then move on. And I didn't know if it would come together or not. And, you know, I think these are interesting guys, but I thought it was, most of them said they wanted to be like construction workers or <laughs> like do these. It was it's like they're big, huge dudes. You forget that these like Doug Peterson is just giant. They're just giant people. And it makes sense. If they weren't a coach, they'd be, you know, like cutting down trees or like breaking down walls. That makes, it. that makes a little sense, too. Like if they would go something they think they'd be good at, but also not a ton of like responsibility beyond themselves and maybe their family. It's probably stressful being a head coach. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, you know, they're paid well enough to, uh, you know, deal with the stress until they get canned. But I, most of them seem happy in March. We'll find out where they are in September. Uh, all right. Check out that piece that Mark Sessler wrote. A lot of pieces that Mark Sessler wrote. Uh, Yeoman's work, and now he has to come back to us. Um, so sorry about that, Mark. But uh, good job Can't wait. in Boca Raton, and we'll see you on the other side. All right. I love you guys. Bye. Love you too, Love buddy. you. Uh, let's move on. Tyrod Taylor, uh, his agent, uh, is wondering why the Buffalo Bills are not reaching out and being a – uh, aggressive in talks. I mean, the Bills have had bad quarterback play for years, uh, but uh, guess what? They seem to be more than willing to let Taylor play out the final uh, year of his deal. 
Um, here is what the agent said, Adisa Bakari. It's the Bills' prerogative to do what they want to do as it relates to Tyrod Taylor or any other Bills player. Fortunately, there are 31 other teams that have watched and will be watching Tyrod. Uh, Wes, I don't blame the Bills, right? I mean, he had a nice season, but he got beat up a little bit. They didn't. It wasn't like he blew the doors off the league. Why not wait it out? There's a lot to unpack here. I think one of the things that stands out, the Bills have placed a higher priority on extending Stephon Gilmore, a cornerback, than Tyrod Taylor. And like you said, you've got a six foot one, slightly built, scrambling quarterback with a high sack rate. He's an injury risk. He lost time to an MCL sprain last year. And during that time, one source on the Bills told Rap Sheet, EJ Manuel has a chance to make this a, a, a quarterback battle. Oh, my God. And we're talking about EJ Manuel. Mm. So to me, that that's really reflective of what they think of Tyrod Taylor right now. I know they want him. One big question they have about him is he never uses the middle of the field. He's a scrambling quarterback who goes down the field and to the sidelines. But the whole area in the middle of the field, a lot of times where Sammy Watkins is running slants and crossing routes, Tyrod Taylor doesn't see him. That's like the opposite of what you find most quarterbacks' weaknesses are. Usually a, a limited quarterback like a Mark Sanchez, for instance, he's great going up the seams, not so much to the outside. I love Tyrod Taylor, but he's in a bad spot here. He is under contract for $1 million this year. It is – it is. you do have to question, like, the fairness of it, and maybe they can come up with some sort of solution where he gets a bump this year and they don't really think about a long-term extension or they come up with something where it's got an option and then his salary goes way up because it's a little crazy to be a 16-game starter type of guy and get paid one, $1 million at this point when you're when you're a veteran. I mean, you can understand why he'd be upset, and yet he, he doesn't really have anything he can do. He's not going to gonna hold out. Yeah, and Doug Whaley, I mean, he's been pretty open about the fact that they're keeping it a possibility that they would maybe draft a quarterback if that came about, if they liked the options that were there. But, I mean, you see that the, he's not tied to him at all. Well, and here's the thing. Like, if you're – I understand if you're the agent, you're trying to get your guy paid, you're trying to get paid yourself. But if, if Tyra Taylor is as good as the agent seems to think he is – he has another big year this year. He's going to get all the money in the world next year, whether it's from the Bills or yeah, another so team with a franchise tag. So well, it's easy okay. for us to say that he's ultimately doing doing a job that he wasn't paid. He didn't get signed for that. He didn't get hired for. He got mm. hired to essentially be a number two or three quarterback. So what are you going to hold out because you had one decent year? No, but you push as hard as you can to get more money this year. I know some other people who were hired to do jobs they're not That's, paid for. And yet, and yet we're coming down on that, that he shouldn't <laughs> do it. <laughs> there it is, folks. We should get like a – Right. I, that, my whole point was, was trying to set that up, but no one <laughs> seemed to go over every, everyone's uh, head. No, I got it. Bing, 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 yeah. Yeah, like a dinger for West salary gripe. It's good. <laughs> um, in other news, Aaron Rodgers was on uh, – Pete Holmes is one of my favorite comedians – in the world, do you know his Who? material at all? Yeah, not a, not Keith so much Holmes. as a stand-up, but I do remember he had his late-night show, and I've listened to his podcast uh, once or twice. Yes, Pete Holmes has a podcast called "You Made It Weird," uh, where he has a lot of in-depth interviews with celebrities, and uh, every once in a while, an athlete, professional athlete, Aaron Rodgers, was on the show uh, this uh, that came out this week. A two-hour sit-down with Rodgers, wow. and uh, within the first ten minutes. Of their conversation, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers uh, dipped into a deep dive. I wish this was a perfect Sessler story. I wish he was here for this. But uh, a deep dive on a UFO sighting in New Jersey uh, in 2005. Uh, he likened it to Independence Day with the with the flying saucer or the spaceship coming in like a, a ball of fire almost through the clouds, uh, moving left to right, a large orange object. And then uh, fighter jets scrambling. Whoa. Uh, and this is an exact quote. And, Brandon, I'm sorry, but I'm just reading a quote, buddy. Uh, and then it goes out of sight, and we look at each other and go, what in the f*** is that? Now, I want everyone to know he was on a comedian's podcast. However, this was he said it with a totally uh, straight tone, uh, and this is something he believes happened. Are you guys believers is my question in UFOs. Wes, we'll start with you. I have actually sent Greg a long text about <laughs> something similar to this before. UFO is a broad term, unidentified flying object. If I was convinced I saw an alien spacecraft from another planet, I think my world would tip over and I couldn't hang on. Football wouldn't mean anything to me. <laughs> wow. I'd probably end up being a homeless person. 
I don't think I could. I I, I would question I everything. Like saying. football would Worried not be meaningful you. to me at all. I, it would be a, a real trip to find out for sure. I know exactly what you're saying. You all of a sudden things wouldn't be so important. Uh, but the answer, Wes, is no. You're saying oh, just because you can't imagine a world where it's yes. No, I can imagine it. I I tend to be. I'm a skeptical person by nature. And I don't really think that people are that smart. So I tend to believe that most UFA, UFO sightings are bogus. So I oh, have a story. Colleen's got a story. All right. My dad saw a UFO. Old man and wolf. And he swears by it. He was in the Air Force at the time. He was Ooh. in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. And he's an air traffic controller. So they know the airspace. And this was during Vietnam. And he has the radar in front of him. And he said it was him and one other guy in the tower. And they both saw it. And he said it was like a bright light. And it moved from one spot to the next to the next. And then it was gone. And he said they both looked at each other. And my dad was like, did you just see that? And the other guy was like, I saw nothing. Because obviously they would go to Vietnam if they reported anything. He swears to this day it was a UFO. The that. the logic being, if they reported it, yeah, to their uh, superior, they would be disciplined for being they would jackals. Be, yeah, they would be sent, sent to, to Nam. To Nam. Mm-hmm. That's heavy. So yeah, I believe because he tells the story so convincingly, and I don't think it's a story. I think it's I think it's real. I think it happened. Greg. No, I don't believe in any of this stuff. <laughs> That's the most predictable answer <laughs> of this segment, by the way. Well, of course. <laughs> who Someone cares? Ha- no it's it's who not cares? who cares. It's you. There's a lot of people believe a lot of things. And there's usually, like chupacabras. Like there's a million things that people try to come up with explanations where, where there is no explanation. Th- that just because you can't come up with an explanation, you come up with, you know, UFOs. One of the things I think that is the probably the most curious about UFO things is like they're all very similar it, a lot of it is very similar types of stories, which are the same stories that we've seen on TV, like bright lights and a right. flash and things like that. It's like leading the witness. And if <laughs> I, I tend to think if there was anything like this happening out there, it would be in a realm that wouldn't be so easily understood and copied by every single every totally person. Agree. Also, you put the normal in paranormal. Yeah. I, I think that there are certainly thousands of people that claim to have seen uh, Don't feel bad about saying that, that my are, dad's are a liar, Dan. No. I'm not saying he's a no, liar. I'm finish. just kidding. <laughs> Maybe he's uh, right. I'm, but you're asking me to come down one side or the other. I right. also, and by the way, Wes still hasn't answered. Um, I think, so we're getting back to you, Chris. I think it's naive to think that we are the only like high-level species in the universe. So I think, yes, there's something Ooh. out there. And I think when I was a kid, I, me and my cousins thought we would see UFOs every other month. But that was because you wanted to see it. It was like really a lightning bug or something. All right, Wes, a believer, yes or no? Is there life beyond this realm? I think you're right that it, it it's it's foolish to think that we're the only intelligent beings out there. And my thing is, why would they be in a spacecraft just because human <laughs> minds thought up this thing? <laughs> right. Why exactly. couldn't they be traveling in their own beings? Right. I mean, I don't. Like spacecrafts are a human construction. Wes, answer the question. Do I what what is the question? Do I You believe, believe in intelligent life beyond Yes. Mankind? We often text yes. pictures of this to, to <laughs> <laughs> this yes, this appears on text chains a lot. Yeah. Aliens. And you <laughs> Colleen, you're perfect to stand in, that's true. For Sessler, because we know what his answer would be. Yes. Oh, yeah. So seventy five percent of the around 80. the NFL podcast. Wow. Eighty with I think Colleen. anything is possible, but you're talking very specific specific sort of UFO sightings. With that Oh, Brandon, where do you stand? Oh, I'm solely on Team Colleen, Team Dan. Look at that. Yeah, they're out there. I think it has they're to be. They're out there. Got, yeah, they are. I want to believe. I they're, think they're listening right now. <laughs> I think it, Shoot. They are right. listeners of the podcast. Is there a connection? <laughs> they're be cool. our best listeners. <laughs> if there's any advertisers <laughs> in the universe, <laughs> if there's like a dick sporting goods <laughs> on planet Zoltan, please. Reach Zags. out to our advertising I like department. Zag Sporting Goods. <laughs> other other planets like the the aliens planets always use letters we don't. A lot of X's and Z's. big Z guys. <laughs> big Z guys. <laughs> also, they're they're, cave, they're cave really into that. Uh, good. We I think this could be a di- its own podcast. Right, it could be on the, the theology podcast because I think there's a connection here. 
between my lack of belief in, you know, anything. Mm. Um, no, well, you're a nihilist. I'm not a nihilist, but I wasn't raised with any religion. So, it, you know, it, so that, that gives you a different advantage. You're not going to kind of think things are possible. This is a good topic, Dan. Well chosen. <laughs> yeah, we are off the rails. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Eight o'clock delight. Roger Goodell said at the annual meeting that the Patriots, despite that beautiful handwritten letter from Robert Kraft, they are not getting their first-round pick back, Greg. Well, they can't get the respect uh, back either from a lot of fans of how they've handled this situation. Oh, nice working with you, Greg. Ben McAdoo, (laughs) we're going to welcome Tom Coughlin into the facility. This, to me, is one of the silliest stories in some time. Tom, Tommy boy, come back to us. Ben McAdoo's a young man trying to establish himself as the coach of the New York Giants. Stay out of the facility, even for a couple of years. There's plenty of great gyms in the suburbs of Jersey, I'm sure, Wes. We're going to fire you, but you're welcome to come. Take a hike. If I was Coughlin, I'd tell him to take a hike. I love it. He's just making it awkward. I know. Trent Balky says there's no one calling for Colin Kaepernick. There's no trade even close to happening. Greg, what's going to happen? Nothing. Stays with the 49ers. The hatred is real. He's gone. The Bears signed Josh Hill to an offer sheet. Who, who's getting excited? Probably Mark Sessler because his Making the Leap article might finally mean something. Jay Cutler, maybe? Ryan Tannehill. How much time we got, Brandon? Plenty. He doesn't Plenty. know. He just threw his hands up. What's that lot? supposed to mean? <laughs> it's a lot. It's tons. That's yeah, fun. but when you put two arms up like a field goal is good, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, it's good. I mean, you got time. Oh, the other day. Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> put the chisels down. <laughs> what did what was that? Brandon. I won't lie to you, I have no idea. I exported it over and it looked like it had tons of room. Huh. So you Sorry, Tannehill. You fooled me into thinking that we had a ton of time. I fooled myself. Okay. Listen. We've we've talked too much about Ryan Tannehill on this podcast anyway. That's yeah. true. I just want to say Ryan Tannehill. Hey, let me guess, they're gonna let him call plays more this year and, and people believe in him. Adam Gase has my back. Enough, man. How many boogeymen does the Ryan Tannehill need? As many as Sam Bradford. It must have been really bad with Joe Philbin if he's like, this new guy, now I feel comfortable. Well, he never – it seemed like they never got over – well, A, they wouldn't let him call the play. They didn't have a lot of belief in him. And then, B, they tried to draft Derek Carr. He wanted to mm-hmm. draft Derek Carr, and they didn't do it. They should have just done it. You know, Sam Bradford, though, unless I'm being naive, there hasn't been a ton of, like, pop about him throwing people under the bus and things of that nature. Tannehill, it seems like there's a lot of – Moves, a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of trying to machinations. put machinations like this is his fault, this is his fault, this is his fault. Remember uh, Mike a, Sherman? You're saying he's more of a Machiavellian character than Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Sherman, Philbin. Uh, now he's got Ga- who's the uh, who's Quinn? Quinn, uh, and now maybe Gase is the next guy to fall. Whatever. He's the new Cutler. Ooh. Wow. Sherman was his guy. Coach killer. Ryan Tannehill, coach killer. Sure. Yeah. All right. Before we go, let's talk about it. We'll go cycle back now to the rule changes. Let's share some changes that we would enact that would make the NFL a better place in 2016 and beyond. Uh, the Wolf Woman, Connie Fox, will start with you. All right. Death to excessive celebration penalties. I hate that rule. I know it really doesn't change the outcome of the game, But from an entertainment standpoint, I want that back in. That was one of my favorite things. I mean, when you think about all the great celebrations, when you think about Chad Johnson picking up a pylon and putting the football, I mean, you think about Icky Shuffle, even that was a celebration of sorts. I mean, there's so many great things and there's so many creative guys in the league and it really stinks that they can't celebrate. Think about how silly this one particular rule that ties into what you're talking about is. You get a flag, and then the referee turns on his little mic and says, excessive celebration, 15-yard penalty for dropping to one knee for celebration that is not in celebration of your religion. Like, this is the type of stuff that we're talking about. I know. Let the person drop to a knee. Come on. Loosen up, And have group celebrations. I'm with you. Let's do Smith mock people with a rowboat dance. I mean, bring the electric slide. T.O. is signing things. Throwing them up. Bring it all back. When Antonio Brown hugged the uh, (laughs) goalposts. They threw a flag on that. What? That was brilliant. It was awesome. That was great. All right, Wes. That's a good one, Colleen. You know where I'm going with this. Well, this, okay. Let's set this up a little bit. Wes, one of the more vocal uh, figures on Twitter in the NFL sphere uh, when it comes to being angry about the league's inability to not only just get the catch rule right, but to also, like, 
do something about it. They're pretending like there's not a problem. So now Wes is not here to complain about what's going on. He's here to provide a solution. Oh, I thought I could set it up with a bit of a background here. Okay, go ahead. How old were you in your backyard when your father taught you how to catch? The old Maybe man. Maybe three, four. The old man Maybe said you got to catch a, catch the football. If it hits your finger, if it hits your fingers, Danny, that means you should have caught it. Right, and if it stays in your hands, and you possess the ball, you learn at a young age that's what a catch is. Yes. Right. Well, the NFL has taught people that that's not what a catch is. Everything you know about catching an object, possessing it, it doesn't matter. You have to then turn and run. No, 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 no. Here's the rule: catch the ball, possess it. Don't juggle it. Possess it. Two feet down, you're a catch. That's a catch. Because, there, like we were saying, there are plays where a guy will catch a ball, take two steps, get hit, have the ball on his person as he goes to the ground, then hit the turf, and it will pop out, and they're ruling it an incomplete pass, and it's missing the logic of literally what a catch is. It's undermining the game. There are people learning this game. They want to grow the game in England and China. There are people learning the game in pubs where one guy is trying to bring the game to his friends, and they're like, well, they just caught the ball, and they called it not a catch. What about, I'm not, not going to watch this. I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole, but you still there's a million exceptions. I mean, it does sound simple, but on one hand, I do sympathize a little bit with the NFL and the catch you know, rule. And that, I think if, that, if, we, if they took it all back and made it that simple – I think there would be examples of, of that would be probable. First of all, you, sure. you have to account for the diving catches. There would, yeah, around, there would be examples, but everyone would understand the rule. And all this football move and this and yeah, that. I, mean, I, agree. I don't, I don't care about any of that. I just want to know what a catch is and isn't. You will have more fumbles. That was used to be their primary concern. Well, that's part of the game. Fumbles happen. They're worried now about player safety. That more defensive backs will be teeing off on a wide receiver to get him to drop the ball as soon as it hits his hands. To me undermining the integrity of the game by not knowing what a catch is, not just fans, but players who devote their life to it, coaches devote their life to it, don't know what a catch is. It's silly to me. Um, all right. I will throw a scenario out there, and I'll set it up with a, you know, kind of a, a scenario. It's fourth and 13 around midfield. Ooh, okay. A, de- a team, the team that's leading by three points is on defense. We're talking – a big upset. They they played such a great game. Well, how much time is left? There's uh, 30 seconds left, fourth okay. and 13 from midfield. Okay, they bring a blitzer. The blitzer comes at the quarterback. Great job getting to the quarterback. Makes the quarterback rush to the throw. Incomplete pass. His arm swipes across, gently across the quarterback's face mask. Out comes the flag. 15-yard penalty. Instead of the game being over, 15-yard penalty. First down, the team, let's say it's the Patriots, is in field goal range. Game totally changed, and if you watch the replay, there was no real vicious hit to the head. It was incidental contact. If not, you know, no contact at all, and the referee just missed it because it's so fast. I'm not usually a proponent of more replay, but I think these, and I think this is a Rich Eisen, uh, he's pushed this as well, for helmet-to-helmet hit contact, for uh, striking a, a defenseless receiver or a quarterback, let's replay that. And make sure that reviewable. make it reviewable, it. make it challengeable and make sure we're not game changing plays in a game that's moving too fast. Doesn't we don't have a chance to take a look at it because it's costing teams every year. It happens on a week by week basis. Of, I can think of an example from a couple of years ago. Forty nine ers Saints. I think it was a mod Brooks on Drew Brees yeah. late in the game. Drives me nuts. Does it, it have to be late in the game. Uh, well, or is I don't at any time. What if it's the Jets? Uh, <laughs> then, then throw it out. But nothing. What if good it's Geno Smith so. as the Jets quarterback? Then. Uh, <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> I don't want. I will not ride the Geno coaster. So it, is it? It's a within two minutes kind of an end of the game situation, or anytime? I think it. I think anytime. it's just a challengeable just play. I agree. I I agree with everyone's uh, rules. So far. all right, so that puts more pressure Good. on you to go. Well, I got a couple. Um, all right, five for well, let's, five. Let's start with um, the draft. I want a lottery. If you don't make the playoffs, you're not guaranteed to get the number one pick just because you had the worst record. Wasn't what didn't become the biggest deal in the world, but what the Bucks did a couple years ago, yep. shamelessly uh, losing the game on purpose to get Jameis Winston was a travesty. I also think it's an out about the suck for luck campaign. Who could forget? Ooh. Right, yeah, uh, that, they really did suck. And here's <laughs> the other true. thing: 
it's exciting. It just makes it more fun. They're always tra- looking for ways to get more teams into it. You still have the best chance to have the ping pong balls come up. It's like the NBA if you had the worst record. Uh, but you're not guaranteed, and it just mixes well, it up a little bit more. So are you going to tank like Sam Hinkie and the Sixers? No, it, this well, is the thing. an anti-tanking thing. This but is, they tank all the time in the NBA. I've seen the Knicks do NBA it. NBA is yeah. a little different structure than the NFL in a lot of ways. Um, so I don't think – I don't think tanking is a huge, huge problem, but I like the idea of a lottery anyways. They set up this system back in the 50s to make to even out as much as possible. But I think today's NFL is different. It's so evened out with with salary cap and everything. You're the number five. You know, maybe you're in the five spot. Maybe you can move all the way up and get your guy. I like that. Think about how excited. And this is why it will probably happen. The NFL Network live coverage of right. ping pong balls, oh, and whatever no. it is. right? Like the NFL doesn't want more of that kind. Yeah, of, right. I mean that would be a huge event. I didn't, there's five teams that could have the number one. And pick. that Bucks thing sticks in my crop. It does me too because I didn't think they needed a lottery until then. But if you look at what the Eagles were offering, according to some reports, two number one picks, a third round pick, the best offensive player, and their best defensive player for the number one pick in the draft, and that's what the Bucks were holding on to because of shenanigans in week 17, way more undermining the NFL yep. than Deflategate. Mm. Yep. That still seems like too much. I, re- I don't believe that. What? What the oh, Eagles were offering. But that's, oh, a, the offer. that's another yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, four for four. Greg, you sure you want to give number five because then you're messing with the Well, I, this angle. is even two. I haven't even decided either, either way. How about let's just go for the full Monty. Eliminate extra points. Let's just get rid of it. Really? Just got the two-point conversion or nothing. Here's what I'm going to say with that, Greg. If that if that's too bold for everyone in the NFL, then I've got my compromise solution, which is just move extra points back another 10 yards. And that I would go some, for that. That has some of the intended effect. So kickers are on the roster to get touchbacks and to kick field goals. Kickers are people hey, too, kick, Greg. It's up to teams how they want to use their roster. Kickers used to be quarterbacks when kicking. You know, if we're so worried about the tradition of football, you know, kickers wasn't even its own position back in the day. You know, interesting subject. I, I, I'm on board. All right, you got me. Two point conversions are better. They're fo- it's a football. More it's fun. a more exciting Think of football. the Russell Wilson to Luke play. Wilson play. Come on now. I oh, think I came around to the extra point being moved back a little bit, and if you move it back further. Then the kicker's even a bigger part of the game. How about we the, get rid of the half measure and and make the uh, two-point conversion closer? Hmm. Oh, Make a one-yard line? Well, two-yard line, that, I think that's a good spot. That's about a 50. I mean, really dare spot. these coaches to pass up that percentage play. I don't know. But it's all right. It's, I, I think that's a workshop conversion. one. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm in. All right, Colleen, are you in on Greg's? Uh, no one's buying tickets to watch extra it's, points. It's drastic. It's a little. I don't know. I got to think about it. You you sold me on the fact that kickers weren't always kickers. They weren't always specialists. No. Who says they have to you, be special? Right, you can use you can use your roster however you want. Plus plus kickoffs are important. Paul Horning was a are, kicker. Field goals are Gino Capaletti. Hey, oh, Gino. Capaletti. Who isn't signing up for more two point conversions? I know it's true. I could be convinced. Well, Colleen, you've done it again. You've come on the show after a brief hiatus. That's right. And knocked it right out of the park. Thanks. It's been great. And we've all enjoyed your uh, your company, and uh, we hope that you'll be back again soon. I hope so, too. Thanks, Dan. I give you an 8 out of 10 for today's show. All right. Wow. That's, that's fair. What? All right. 8.5 out of 10. I'll take it. 9.3. There's, there's lots of room to improve here, just like the pod. Solid B. I think the pod uh, went some host seating right now. (laughs) (laughs) What's that one? I think it exceeded the B expectation. Maybe the pre-grade was B, and I'm going to give it. I think the UFO discussion put it way. That's true. Mm. Plus the the um. Colleen's UFO story. I'm going to have to give you a nine. Oh, look at this! I forgot about your. Let's talk about it some more because I feel like I could get an A out of this. Anything (laughs) eventually. (laughs) Any uh, old man wolf stories are going to bump you up a half. That's right. Wes has met old man wolf. He is a delightful man. (laughs) Um. All right. So that's it. We will be back uh, with yet another show tomorrow. Thursday, so make sure you check it out. You, by the way, go on iTunes, give us the, the good old grade, and uh, you know a B, easy. Give us a B, mm-hmm. B minus, and leave some comments. That's right. We we should be asking for some reviews. That really helps us out. I love yeah. when you read them. So uh, please, <laughs> some comments. Uh, I like when he reads the bad ones. <laughs> support favorite. us, and uh, as we support you, 
uh, loyal listeners. Uh, I don't know how we support you, but we do love you. Free podcast. This is Dan Hansis <laughs> signing off for Connie Fox, the mailman, the boss, and the Irishman behind the glass. Pick up them chisels. Get back to work. <laughs> Till Thursday. My big fat Greek wedding too coming out soon. Didn't this? <laughs> didn't they have like a a TV series that they tried to spin off the first movie and that failed? And now they're trying when a sequel off out? the movie. It's not a good way to do it. It just like it didn't. The, well, it's like know. twenty years later. So. And she starred in the TV show. Oh no! So it's like wait a second. Dan had a great uh, seven episode run. My uh, big fat Greek wedding. Seven episodes. That even <laughs> sounds like a lot. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.